Charlemagne the God. The Breakfast Club, bitches. The voice of the culture. People watch the Breakfast Club for like news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do. Just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to the Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. What's up? It's me, Angela Yee. Y'all know Envy is on vacation with his wife. They're celebrating 25 years together. I had to verify that yesterday. So it is 25 years they've been together and 18 years that they've been married. And so they are in Paris. Hold on. Let me see. Envy's sending me a text right now. Now, shout out to everybody who is uh, listening because yesterday was a lip service live, the second date in New York City. And it was pretty amazing. Shout out to all of the guests who came through. We had Chico Bean and Carlos Miller from 85 South Show. We had Dasha Polanco and we had Dave East. And let me tell you, yesterday was, in the past two days, I've slept about four hours because we had the show in Philly. Then I had to drive back from there. And then last night we had the New York show. But lip service is off to a pretty good start. So I'm excited for the rest of the tour. It's 13 dates. And next up, we are in Charlotte, right? Charlotte on Sunday. Then Silver Spring on Monday. So make sure you guys come and check us out. Of course, since Envy's on vacation, you know, I'll be here by myself for the first part of the show because someone never gets here on time. So there you have it. DJ Dramos, you want to... Hey, what's up, Yeah, How you doing? I feel like I'm talking to myself here. <laughs> Good morning. How was your night last night? I thought you was coming to lip service. I was going to. It got away from me. I got bombarded with a bunch of stuff when I got home, and then, you know, um, I, I dozed uh, off on the couch. You know how it goes. I'm sorry. It's a Monday. I dozed off on the couch. You know, <laughs> Mondays, I'm usually good. It's really Fridays that's the time that I'm getting sleepy by. Yeah. Like, fr- last week, Friday, when I tell you I passed out, I passed out. So... There you have it. Now, uh, we do have front page news on the way. We'll talk about Good that nine-year-old. You know what? I need a new bed. You We're going to give them, you guys, an update on what happened. A nine-year-old boy who was arraigned on five murder charges in that fire we told you about that he started in a mobile home. So we'll tell you what's happening with that. Yes, I need a new bed, man. My one-year-old and my four-year-old be kicking my ass in the middle of the night. Like, they literally come in my room and make me want to go sleep in the guest room because they be kicking me so crazy. And the way that I got to sleep as a 41-year-old man, like in these weird pretzel-like positions, has me waking up in the morning and causes my muscles to be sore. So I need a bigger bed. So I'm saying all that to say, if anybody wants to send me a free mattress, I'm here to receive that. Okay, front page news is up next. It's The Breakfast Club. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy is still on Vacation. I think he's in Paris. And we got to get in the front page news. And Monday Night Football. Now, yesterday I said that the New England Patriots would beat the New York Jets 93-0. to zero. I was 60, point off, 60 points off. They beat them 33-0. to zero. Okay? And the World Series starts tonight. The Washington Nationals versus the Houston Astros at 8 p.m. Eastern. Now, what we got in front page news, G? So, Odell Beckham Jr. is upset. He shared a letter that he got from the NFL. He said he was given a $14,000 fine. That's all because he wore his pants that failed to cover the knee area during the Browns game against the Seattle Seahawks on October 13th. He said, 14 k for some pants that are not going to protect me from anything. This ish is ridiculous. So, not sure what's going on there, but he's not happy about that. So, he wanted to wear capri pants in the game, and they wouldn't let him. And they fined him $14,000 for wearing capri pants, basically. 
Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know if it's just a league rule, but they said he was in violation of the NFL uniform and equipment rules because his pants failed to cover his knee area. And that is Rule 5, Section 4, Article 3, Item 4 of the 2019 official playing rule. That's kind of petty, if you ask me, NFL. I mean, for pants that aren't long enough to go past the knee, like, who, who cares? Is, that, is it that serious? All right, now, transgender cyclist Rachel McKinnon uh, is dominating women's cycling, and it's creating some controversy. Last weekend at the Masters Track Cycling World Championships in Manchester, England, she set a world record in qualifying for the 35 to 39 age category, but some people are upset. In an interview with Sky News, former cycling champion Victoria Hood had said it is not complicated. The science is there, and it says that it is unfair. The male body, which has been through male puberty, still retains its advantage. It doesn't go away. I have sympathy with them. They have the right to do sport, but not a right to go into any category that they want. Well, Rachel McKinnon has responded to that and said this. I'm legally and medically female, but the people who oppose my existence still want to think of me as male. And so there's this stereotype that men are always stronger than women. And so if you think of trans women as men, then you think there's an unfair advantage. Do you accept that there, there may still be an advantage? Is it possible? Yes. However, the range of body sizes and strength levels within a sport, you can be successful with massively different body compositions. Uh, duh. Of course it's an advantage. <laughs> Most men are, are physically still stronger than women. Have I seen women beat up men before? Yes. Have I seen women uh, beat men in physical competition before? Yes. But of course it's an advantage. Most of the time that is not true. What are we talking about here? We're going to all act clueless? Let you know what's happening on, on both what's happening we're on gonna both all sides. Act, we're gonna act clueless. But by the way, I've said it before, you wanna get the WNBA popping, let them be accepting of transgender women. I've I've said this before. Lower the rim to nine feet and let transgender women play in the WNBA. Attendance will go through the roof. Ratings will skyrocket. You hear me? Okay. All right, now, a nine-year-old boy, we talked about this uh, previously, was arraigned yesterday on charges of murdering five relatives. That's all because uh, Kyle actually started a fire in his mobile home. After the fire started, he ran next door to the home of his maternal grandparents, yelling, the house is on fire, help. Now, that fire did kill five different people, and he's facing five counts of first-degree murder for that fire that killed three kids and two adults ranging in age from 1 to 69 years old. Now, his mother, Katrina Alwood, is standing by him. She said, people make mistakes, and that's what this is. Yes, it was a horrible tragedy, but it's still not something to throw his life away over. So Kyle would be back in court on November 22nd. Now, if he is found guilty, he will avoid incarceration. He could face probation, therapy, and counseling, according to reports. But they did say in court he did appear confused and he was crying at the end of it before being escorted out by his grandparents. They also can't hold him right now because of his age, so he won't be in custody in between hearings. He's nine years old. He has no idea what he did and probably won't have any idea the consequences of, of his actions until he's like 17, 18. And I'm sure when he sits back and thinks about what he what he caused at nine, he's going to need all types of therapy and counseling. He's going to have to live with that trauma forever. All right. What do they want from the guy? Well, that is your front page news. That's right. Get it off your chest is next. If you want to vent, reach out and touch us. Or if you just want to tell us how blessed you are, reach out and touch us. 1-800-585-1051. And have I failed to tell you that next hour, the 85 South Show will be on The Breakfast Club. Chico Bean, Carlos Miller, my man DC Young Fly, okay? It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Get at us. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass 
This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. What's up? It's The Breakfast Club. It's time for you to get it off your chest. What's today? Tuesday? All right, let's talk to Chili. What's up, Chili? Stewie. Oh, Stewie. Okay, my bad. They wrote yeah. Chili on here. That can't be your real name. You must have took that nickname no, from Family Guy. Stewie. Stewie is my real name. Oh, okay. So you might be a Stewie. Well, hey, Stewie or Stu. <laughs> Stu, Stewie, Stewie Pot. Got all of it. All right. So what's up? You want to get it off your chest? Stewie? Yeah, man. Uh, I want to talk about this transgender topic, man. How how in the hell can you say I'm a man but dominating a woman's sport? Well, she doesn't <laughs> say that she's a man. She's a woman. Well, I mean, well, she's born a man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, she says she's a woman, but... He's not a woman. She is a woman. Listen, she But cannot, I do understand the controversy with the physical attributes that you might have that will give you an advantage. She cannot she, she can identify as a woman all she wants, but being a man and having that testosterone gives her a physical advantage when it comes to sports. And exactly. I and, and I agree with the with what the female cyclist said uh when she said that hey, they can identify as as, as anything they want, but when it comes to profiting and competing in a sport like that, no, that's not fair. Stay man. out of it. Come on, that's man. That's not fair. For, that's not. That's just like a a, a a transgender meeting a guy out in the streets and and tricking him to believe that it's really a woman. Well, no, she's a woman. You're, if you're a woman, you're if you're a trans woman, you are a woman. But I, like I said, there's controversy over certain things that you might have an advantage. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not pushing back against this. I would love to see transgender women in the WNBA. I think that is the way to save the WNBA. WNBA is doing cool, but they could be doing just as good as the NBA if they allow transgender women and lower the rim to nine feet. Well, you think you think uh, that the women will get raises if that happened? The real yes, women? because the revenue for the whole league will go up. People will start going to the games more. They can charge more for tickets. Jersey sales will go through the roof. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk. Well, thank you, Stewie. We appreciate you for weighing in with your opinion. Now, let's talk to Poolove. What's up? Your name is Poolove? Yeah, Poolove. What's up, Poolove? How you doing, Yee? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm great. I'm on my way to um, work. What's up, Charlotte? What's up, Queen? How are you? I'm good. Just on my way to work. Um, I just call y'all just to tell y'all to have a blessed and prosperous day. Okay. And I know y'all have a busy day. Once y'all leave work, y'all be all over the place. Yeah, I'm going to see this play tonight called The Slave Play. Oh, okay. We're in New York. Yeah, in New York. So that's my night. But it's been a long couple days for me. Oh, I bet it has. I'm, um, I'm like two and a half hours from Charlotte. I'm from Wilson. You gonna be in North Carolina, Charlotte, Sunday? Yeah, I'll be in Charlotte on Sunday with Stunner for Vegas and Black Zach. If you want to come through to Lip Service Live there and DJ Louis V. Oh shoot! Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna be in Rock Hill. On, I'm gonna be in Rock Hill on the 28th at uh at Winthrop with uh Marianne Williamson and Michelle Williams having a conversation about my favorite subject, mental health, and it's free, free okay. food, everything. Yep. In Rock Hill. Yeah, Winthrop. 28. Yep. Monday. Oh, okay, okay. But thank you for your positivity this morning. We appreciate you. All right, y'all have a good day. All right, you too. It is Get It Off Your Chest. Call us up, 800-585-1051, and get whatever you want to get off your chest off. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. What's up? It's The Breakfast Club. It's time for you to get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Good morning. Who's this? This is Joseph. 
What's up, Joseph? What you want to get off your chest today? No, I'm just like, like it just bothers me with these NFL players complaining about these little things, you know? Like these dudes making millions of dollars worrying about little rules. Like me, if anybody went to their job and told their boss, no, I don't want to wear a long pants today, no matter if that's a dress code policy or not. What gives us the entitlement to tell our boss what the rules are? You understand? Maybe. I just don't understand how you make millions of dollars and try to dictate to your boss I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe he didn't know the rules when it came to that. I mean, that's a line item that I, I wouldn't pay no attention to. The fact that you got to wear uh, pants that are below the knee. I, I, I get what you're saying. I understand the rules. The rules is you can wear that so you can wear knee pads. They suggest you to wear knee pads that you're choice of women or not. I understand what the rule is, but the difference is what I'm saying. If your boss tells you to wear long pants, you don't complain about you wear long pants. I wonder, if they said, I wonder if they said something to him that day. And get away with it and not get fired? Like, I don't understand how, what they're complaining about. You make all the money to be at the pinnacle of the sport in the, in the richest league on the face of the planet. What you complaining about? I, did, I, 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 think may, I think maybe you should get a warning first before you get fined. I think, like, somebody should have warned him and said, hey, Odell, you can't wear pants. Like, you can't wear capri pants on the field. You got to wear them, uh, you know, below the knee. Or you can't wear Daisy Dukes. Yeah, you can't wear Daisy Dukes on the field. A biker short to whatever it was that he had on. You know what I'm saying? Somebody should give him a warning before they find him. Listen, man, they all know the policies up front and well before they step on the field. I don't know they all the policies here at iHeart. They, they, they choose to do that just to get recognition and try to speak out. You know, they all try to they all try to get their name out there. Bro, you make the millions, bro. Just move the damn pants and shut your mouth. You know what I mean? Like, all right, all right. We got you. All right, and uh, people still want to talk about some things we were discussing yesterday. We got Keith on the line, and he wants to discuss cheating. What's up, Keith? Oh, hello? What's up? What you, you in the gym? Uh, oh, it's not. I didn't think you guys was going <laughs> to. Yo, what's up, man? How you guys doing? Hey, Angela. Hey, you. Hey, what's hey, up? Angela, hey, Angela. Hey, you. I know, I know. Yeah, no. I didn't think you. I, I, I thought because, you know, usually after a while, I was just like, oh, man, I heard. All right, take a deep breath. breath. Slow down. I know. What's up, man? Okay. Oh, yo, real quick. Uh, so, yeah, man, y'all was talking real quick about that topic. Uh, about, uh, I would tell, I would, I wouldn't tell my, uh, I wouldn't tell my, my friend if my significant other was cheating. You wouldn't tell your friend if your significant other was cheating? I mean, no, nah, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, no, I, I, I don't. Wouldn't, I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't tell uh, my friend if their significant other was cheating. I wouldn't do that. So you're not really a good friend. That's not really your friend. Nah, nah. If it was a, if it was a, a difference between if it's a female or a male. So you would tell your male friend, but you wouldn't tell your female friend. Yeah, because it's a little different. Because honestly, and I'm just keeping it honey, like women are not really the best at decision making when it comes to men. So I don't be like I've been in situations where. Oh, you know, I saw some stuff and then I, I tried to put my homegirl on and nothing really happened. She just stayed with the or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Or, or or then you end up like being the person that, oh, this guy talks a lot. Oh, I can't tell him nothing because he talks a lot. Like, I've been in those situations before. He's talking so about the Lisa Ray conversation from yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. All I know is if you was my friend and you knew my man was cheating on me and you didn't tell me, I yeah, wouldn't be your friend anymore. I told you what you're going to do. Are you going to break up with him? Because a lot of women just stay with him. It doesn't even matter. And then it ruins the friendship. It, it ruins the friendship on both sides. If you were yeah, telling me the tr- if you were telling me the truth and my man was cheating on me, then you know that's up to it's me. Whatever. But I would not be your friend anymore because you told me the truth. Yeah, you. But there's a lot of women out there that are so different, man. I, I've been in those situations where I'd be like, man, I'm just minding my business now. All right, we got room report coming up, you. Uh, yes, we are going to talk about a marriage that just happened, and we knew this was coming at some point soon. So we'll tell you who is officially married. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just-
Congratulations to Nicki Minaj and Kenneth Petty. They are officially husband and wife. That's beautiful. So last night she announced the news on Instagram. There was a video that showed Mr. and Mrs. Muggs in black and white baseball hats that said bride and groom on them. And she posted Onika Tanya Mirage Petty, October 21st, 2019. And then she put up the little emoji that has the bride and the groom. So you guys know they had gotten their marriage license. Then after that, you only have 90 days to get married. They got their license in late July. So guess it was, yeah, almost time. Congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Petty. I love that last name. Okay. All right. So, yes, Mrs. Petty, congratulations to you. Now, let's talk about Gemini Man, that movie that stars Will Smith. They're saying that movie is going to lose $75 million at the box office. They said the movie had a production budget of $140 million and about $100 million million in marketing. And basically, so far, it's only grossed about $36.5 million domestically, $82 million overseas. I I think at this point, Will Smith has to find a way to... Uh, distribute his content digitally, man. It seems like he's got more of a footprint on on social media than he does at the box office. All right. Now, Tyler Perry, since we're talking about movies, right, let's discuss Tyler Perry. Here's an exclusive from the Jasmine brand. They said that he spent about $16 million for his grand opening of his studio. Now, a large portion of that was for travel accommodations for people he had to fly in. And then the studio opening allegedly featured more than 100 chandeliers, $700,000 worth of carpet and lighting, also a fireworks show that cost more than $1 million, and then performers like Jennifer Hudson and Mary J. Blige also were on stage. He also had a, a, a hotel block. Like it was certain hotels that he just had blocks and blocks of rooms blocked off for, for his guests. And then, you know, Love and Hip Hop Hollywood taped their reunion at the studios. So there you have it. Um, now, Suge Knight says that Nick Cannon is writing a book about him. We already told you that he is going to have Ray J actually as the person who has the rights to his story. He signed over his life rights to Ray J. So now Suge Knight is also talking about what's uh, going to happen with the story about his life. Here's what he had to say during a phone call. The only person involved in that is the person I feel is the most credible and one of the most realest guys in this business. Day, which is Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon will be doing the book personally as a writer. I know he has all the potential and experience to be a great writer, and he is a great writer. He will be doing my book and involved with a lot of other things moving forward. I think that uh, they will make money off a Suge Knight movie, and I also think they'll make money off uh, Death Row merchandise. But I'm going to tell you the story that needs to be told. They need to tell a story of the actual goons that was holding down Death Row, like the, the security and the, the people that was actually putting in work that made Death Row so infamous. Because well, it wasn't the artist. Well, Shig also said he'll be home earlier than you think. And in addition to Ray J having the rights to his life, his fiance Toy Lynn Kelly, has his power of attorney. So uh, Ray J has that creative control. Toy Lynn Kelly has power of attorney. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. That's right. Now, next hour, we got my guys, the 85 South Show, Carlos Miller, Chico Bean, DC Young Fly. They will be here. Yeah, shout out to the 85 South Show. They came through Lip Service Live last night in New York. And it was funny because Chico Bean, I don't think he's used to having, like, women on stage battling him about men versus women. And it was a funny conversation. And then Carlos Miller was definitely trying to shoot his shot at Dasha Polanco. They were, he was acting like they were on a date. 
<laughs> on stage. Well, they'll be here next hour, but front page news is next. What are we talking about in front page news, you? I will be talking about that nine-year-old who was arraigned on five murder charges in a mobile home blaze that he set. All right, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy is on vacation in Paris for his anniversary. But right now, it's time for front page news. Now, last night in Monday Night Football, I predicted yesterday that the New England Patriots would beat the New York Jets 93 to 0. I was 60 points off because the score was 33 to 0. So applaud me. That's pretty close. I got the zero right. Okay, And the World Series starts tonight, the Washington Nationals versus the Houston Astros at 8 p.m. Eastern. Now, what we got on front page news, G? So, Harvard researchers have now grown meat in a lab from cow and rabbit cells. They actually took the edible gelatin base for the first time and successfully grew that meat. So, they have a substance now that mimics the texture of natural meat, according to a new study that was published in the Science of Food Journal. Uh, so what they've been trying to do is grow environmentally friendly meat, and they said it's been difficult to recreate the muscle fibers that make up meat, but now they have, I guess, gotten us closer to eating lab-grown meat. Why not just go hunt? If you're going, if you're going why, why make fake rabbit? Rabbits are always multiplying. Like, they're always having sex. Like, there's no shortage of rabbits, is it? Uh, I've never eaten rabbit in my life, mm. but they're talking about raising fewer animals for slaughter. That's what the main thing is, not killing animals. I would much rather have uh, organic meat than have the GMO rabbit. I think it's more about not killing animals and about what you'd rather eat, as like as Peter would tell you. They so they're going to so kill us by feeding us with GMO. Got it. I don't know that uh, these animals don't have that in them anyway when you eat that meat. So, All right, now, two upstate New York brothers left their 82-year-old grandmother to die in a house fire. But what they did do was take their meth-making equipment out of the house. Justin Gauss, 21, and his 33-year-old brother, Jared, were indicted last week. That was for second-degree murder charges. They did save their drug paraphernalia from the fire, but they did, unfortunately, leave their grandmother in the house. So they left their grandmother, but they made sure they got their meth. Yes! What race it is? <laughs> I think this is an easy one. Steven the White Demon, you want to chime in? Huh? All right. Now, since we're talking about uh, things like that, the nine-year-old who was arraigned on five murder charges in that mobile home that he set on fire that killed, like we said, five different people, which included... Uh, Two, two adults and three children ranging in age from 1 to 69. He's facing five counts of first-degree murder. Now, if he does get convicted, he will avoid incarceration. He could face probation, therapy, and counseling, and he is due back in court on November 22nd. He did get released to his grandmother because of his age. He cannot be held in custody right now. His mother, Katrina Allwood, is saying that everybody's looking at him like he's some kind of monster, but that's not who he is. People make mistakes, and that's what it is. Yes, it was a horrible tragedy, but it's still not something to throw his life away. Absolutely over. not. He's nine years old. Like, if we aren't allowed to make mistakes at nine, then I don't know what the world is coming to. Yeah, he, he killed five people, and that's very, very tragic, but I'm sure it wasn't intentional. I'm sure it wasn't premeditated. He doesn't even know what he did. Like, when I was that age, I was playing with fire in our single-wide trailer. I, I, I took a lighter and sparked it on the carpet. I had no intentions of killing nobody. Like, that little boy's going to grow up and realize what he did, and he's going to need heavy therapy for the rest of his life and counseling and trauma that he probably can't undo. So, I don't know. What do you, you want to do, throw a nine-year-old in jail? All right, and transgender cyclist Rachel McKinnon, she is dominating women's cycling. 
And people have some issues with that. According to a former cycling champion, Victoria Hood, she said it's not complicated. The science is there and says it's unfair. The male body, which has been through male puberty, still retains its advantage, but that doesn't go away. I have sympathy with them. They have the right to do sport, but not a right to go into any category that they want. Now, Rachel McKinnon did respond, and she did say that Victoria Hood had an irrational fear of trans women. And here's what she had to say. I'm legally and medically female, but the people who oppose my existence still want to think of me as male. And so there's this stereotype that men are always stronger than women. And so if you think of trans women as men, then you think there's an unfair advantage. Do you accept that there there may still be an advantage? Is it possible? Yes. However, the range of body sizes and strength levels within a sport you can be successful with massively different body compositions. Now, Rachel McKinnon also said, all my medical records say female. My doctor treats me as a female person. My racing license says female. But people who oppose my existence existence still want to think of me as male. Uh, this is utterly ridiculous. Of course, it's an advantage. Now, I know plenty of women who have, you know, beat up men and can beat men in competition start sports, but majority of, of men are physically stronger than women. And you can identify with whatever you want, but come on, man. Stop it. The problem is she said that it is possible to have an advantage. So she even admitted that it is possible. uh, Of course it's possible. Like, transgender women will dominate boxing, wrestling, cycling. Now, I will say, I am all for this in the WNBA, though. I think that they should accept transgender women in the WNBA, lower the rim to nine feet, and watch things skyrocket. That way, all the women in the WNBA will start getting paid more because more people will come to games. They can charge more for tickets. Jersey sales will be through the roof. I'm all for transgender women in the WNBA and lowering the rim to nine feet. And just to put this more in perspective, since 2004, transgender athletes have been allowed to compete in the Olympics, but they have to have undergone gender confirmation surgery and they have to have been on hormone therapy for two years. All right, I'm Angela Yee and that is your front page news. That's right. When we come back, we got the coldest podcast in the building. Chico Bean, Carlos Miller, DC Young Fly, the 85 South Show will be here. You've been warned. It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NB, Charlamagne God and Angela Yee. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a very special guest. Slide this way. Yeah, you just messed up. We recording, Steven. What's wrong with you? What the hell is wrong with you, white man? Now he's got to do it again. No, he don't. Oh, yeah, that's the white man from the Boston wow. games right there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we got two thirds of the 85 South show. The other one is coming up right now. My man Chico Bean, Carlos Miller is here. Yes, What's yeah. happening? What's up with you, G? Everything is happening. We it's out always here. It's legendary when you guys come up here. Like, things really happen. Like, you do an interview up here, and then, you know, people's lives change. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Whose life changed last time? Uh, mine. Call, there you go. Hey. DC, what's happening? Fly. Come on, take your coat off. Sit for a spell. Hey, man. Y'all traffic. Y'all chain around these motherfuckers. Sit for a spell. Act like you're going to stay now. Take your coat off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got John B. <laughs> what is you doing, baby? <laughs> I know, right? DJ E. Uh, that's a new That's a new DJ. Real estate, man. DJ, man, bring your ass back home, man. <laughs> DJ Trump. Well, y'all got so much Everybody respect for Envy, y'all don't even sit in his chair when he gone. Who don't? No one. Where's Chad? I thought that was his chair. It's been nah, empty since DJ Merrill left. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> there we go. You're not going to like that. There we go. That's 
Listen, Charlamagne, stop trying to get us banned, man. We're going to see this wherever he is and not let us come back no more. How y'all feel, man? Coming off two sold-out shows at the goddamn Apollo. Mm. Nah, That's amazing, amazing, man. That's amazing. Man, I appreciate New York, you know yeah. what I mean? The whole NYC, man, come mess with us, you feel me? Mm -hmm. Especially being at Apollo for that platform for all the OGs, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Especially for something that's still running, yeah. you know what I mean? And this is the platform that all the OGs have stepped on, and for us to finally have reached that, you know what I'm saying, that, that stepping stone, it's just a blessing. Do y'all ever be up. intimidated when y'all be in them venues like that? Because, you know, you watch, grow up watching your Apollo motherfucker getting booed. Yeah, that was that was a part that we were excited about, just right. to be able to be in that I establishment. And, you know, it's so much rich history there, and you've seen so many people, so many legendary acts perform in that building. And when you get the opportunity to touch that stage, you, you your nerves are definitely higher because you want to perform to the standard of the venue. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't think that any of us were nervous. We were more excited about the fact that we actually made it to the Apollo. Yeah. You know right. I mean? We don't stay with our brothers, you feel me? I don't never. I was just, just getting out tour hey, doing my show. Like, oh, I'm so glad I'm gonna do the 85 South show. You know what I'm saying? My sister's like, wow. I'm like, man, because I'm gonna be on stage with my brothers. I don't really exactly. have to do that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. have to do that much. Hell no. Nah. I just be like, huh, y'all tell a joke. <laughs> right. Y'all be like competitive. <laughs> y'all be competitive with each other a little bit, though, because you got to, right? No, you don't it's have to. It's still a competitive game, but in a friendly way. We friends no. of each other. Like, yeah, yeah. literally, like, he'll, he'll have a premise. And then I, like I have a setup, and then Chico had a whole punchline. Like we be in there helping each other create the. Y'all feed you know off each other yeah, like yeah, the locks. What makes us unique because you hear about the comedy game and people always got to be in competition and mm -hmm. everybody's trying to be the star and the number right. one guy. But what we have is you have three people who can equally hold their own right. but get on stage together and create a whole nother element of comedy like people have never seen before. So it's not any competitive element to it with us. We're more competing with what we can do. Like how right. far can we take it? How, mm -hmm. how much, much can, we, can we elevate what we do? You know what I mean? That's yeah, the competition. Like engineers. Like we build the joke. Like, okay. I'll build the first part, and then we'll mm -hmm. slide it down to D.C. You know what I'm saying? Do the other part. Because I do the tent. You dig yeah, what I'm saying? You got to make sure. go through the, the whole, tent. you know, the insight. Mm -hmm. So it's just like we all doing three different things. So how are we going to be competitive if we doing three different things? Do you ever hang out with people you just meet, like, after the show? Nah. That's how you get it jammed up as an entertainer. You, you can't just be bringing you. strangers yeah. around to success. Right. So you got cool after after them four had done tried you outside for that interview. Yeah, when they punched me in the back of the head. Yeah, <laughs> after that, everybody got on your team. We were like, man, we got to take up for Charlamagne. <laughs> <laughs> we can't just be last Charlamagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's still disturbing. You know what I'm saying? Man. I think everybody kind of grasped to you. We like, man, we got we to go protect Charlamagne. Charlamagne. Right. <laughs> hey, you know what's so funny about that? I was home in South Carolina this weekend. I pulled up in Orangeburg, jumped out of the gas station late at night, and these three dudes came in there and they was like, man, we just needed you to know you had extra security if you needed it, man. We see you coming. Still, you know, how you many got, years ago like, You got extra that? security out here and you don't even know it. How many years ago was that now? Uh, about eight? Eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder People what the still feel right like they now. got you. Did y'all, did any of you ever have a girl lie about having sex with you? Lie, but yes. Yeah. You have, yeah. How did that happen? Oh, wait a minute. Bring that back. Um... <laughs> I said, did you ever have a girl lie about having sex Sometimes they lie to throw interference. You know, like, say, for instance, it's a lady that like you, and then another one who's, like, interested, she'll, like, throw that out. They'll be like, you know, we did it. Just to try to throw, you know, a little interference in the game. Mm -hmm. And to get information out of somebody, out of another, another woman. Was, right. Well, right. you know, I, I was with him, so it was you. You know what for I mean? Real. Like, just to be able to start the conversation. You we, know what I mean? So, yes, it's definitely girl. He gave me his number. Let me see. It's the same number. Right. Plus, you know, the more successful you get and then you stop, like, when you break up or stop messing with people, every time a chick cut me off or, like, I tell her I'm not interested no more, she pregnant. 
I'm supposed uh, to have like 11 kids by now, but I don't know what oh, she do to get you back. You were close. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. pregnant. I'm like, and then I like wait a couple months, and then I just hit it out the blue and be like, hey, I want to see my baby. But there's no baby to see. How many kids you got Damn. now, Lowe's? Just one. Just one. Yeah, but they keep blaming kids. On Hello, what are little white hands? First of all, you I just want, I just want, I just want uh, y'all to know 85 South Shore getting money. 85 South Shore got beautiful black women bringing them coffee and water during the middle of the interview. They getting it. No, come on, Lenard. We trying to make it to the Lenard McKelvey fund. You know what I'm saying? We saw you get that $250,000 check. Who knew you had money like that? You gave away all your book money. I still got your book. That just posted right there. It's just your face right there. Well, you got to read it. Bro, you you got to read it. Bro, this is the amazing part it. about reading Charlemagne's book. If you read it, you will find your shout out in there. I'm on page like 211. Yep. That's what right. Yeah, he said me and Chico inspired him in some kind of way. I got to go read this. And we in there. All right, we got more with Carlos Miller, Chico Bean, and D.C. Young Fly, collectively known as the 85 South Show when we come back. All right? This is the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Yeah, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy is on vacation, but we got our guys in here right now. The 85 South Show, Carlos Miller, Chico Bean, DC Young Fly. What's the relationship with Nick Cannon like now, Los? It's amazing, bro. After we did this interview, mm -hmm. man, Nick called me and we talked for about three hours. We had some laughs and then we, we argued. And yeah. Then we, just, we, got, we really talked. We never talked. Chico and Tate, we've been working with Nick forever. But it's just like if you work at Microsoft, it ain't like Bill Gates going to come down there and kick it with you. Yeah, but that while it's not environment a little different though, I would think right, it's like yeah, but, but yeah, we talk, but as you got to understand how many different elements apply in that space. It's a lot that's going on. You got a whole bunch of different personalities, a whole bunch of people trying to find their way and find their niche and being able to fit into that space. So it's hard for you to have a conversation of real substance mm -hmm. because it's always something going on. So and you need that separate it's time a to be able to establish something that you know is is conducive to you having a better relationship on a personal level. And then right. Nick, but Nick brought you back. He did. Yeah. He did bring me. He had to. He you had know to. what I mean? It just OG. wasn't right he had without. To. He, yeah, he had to. He had to. I mean, he didn't have to, but in <laughs> reality, like he had to. Like, like a chemistry while it was like, man, yeah. come on, bro. Like, what the fuck, cousin? It was like. Come on, man. I always bring the mashed potatoes. Do you feel like you can't make any crazy, any crazy jokes about <laughs> we it? We got to have the mashed potatoes. <laughs> the thing about it now is I, I feel a whole lot more free. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, after being fired, what you going to do? Come to work and be good? You like, goddamn right. You already know what the other side is like. I can be myself now. Well, let me go. I've been let go before. Do you want to know what I was doing while I was let go? Being magnificent. <laughs> I keep hearing that they're going to have you replace Nick Cannon, D.C. I don't know, man. When I replace, Nick might step down. and yeah, Hopefully. That'll hey, be dope. That'll be a... Hey, yeah, OG. Yeah, you're trying to push Nick Cannon OG, no, if that'll man, be the... Yeah, yeah. You know he's going to be producing the song, yeah, but you yeah. know if that's the move, OG, let crank that thing on. Oh, uh, have y'all heard Nick's new morning show? Oh, yeah, you got to go. I, 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 I saw you guys Charlamagne He was on your ass. He got mad at me because all I simply said was, I don't think Nick going to commit the morning radio I mean, for a long time. Yeah, I understand, but you a troll, so I can I understand why he, you a whole troll. He you, got mad at me. You, you, you like top Steve Harvey does he, he won't commit for a long time. Based right, off Steve history, y'all forget Nick Cannon had a morning show here in New York for a couple years, and then he stopped doing it in New York because he had got sick and he had too many commitments. I that mean, but, mean but that things change, you know what I mean? Like, you right. got to understand I, I feel, how things I feel, change. I feel like, I feel like he'll, he'll, he'll go crazy with the morning show right now. You dig what I'm saying? Because he more so like in the in the limelight, you know what I mean? Especially he got a lot being, to talk about. Yeah, especially with the, uh, what y'all want to call it, like the revolution, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said what y'all want to call it, the revolution. Yeah, the revolution. But he's starting his daytime uh, talk show. Right. Right? Yeah. I just think he's going he gonna to have too much on his plate. The nah, one I mean, this is a commitment to get up every morning to do damn right. true. But that motherfucker go to Howard. In class, right? This is rich for real. 
Hey, you in class with these motherfuckers, kids, bro. Hey, man. I've already saying the same thing. You don't tell that to you quick and come teach you. entirely too hard, Like, he was go in the class and literally be in the... Take notes, They be like, hey, Nick. Come on, rich kids go to college all the time. Oh, this man can buy Howard. There's other really, really rich people in college, He's in the classroom. And in the classroom with Emily. Right now. But the way things change, you got to understand that times change. I'm sure that whenever he had the radio show, whenever it was the first time, Right. You didn't have as many avenues to be able to get the content out. Right. So you have, you know, people can be drawn to what, you, what you're what you doing quicker now. You know right. what I mean? That was Don't a few it. years ago. I mean, but it still ain't the same. I mean, a few years ago ain't now. A few years ago. You know what I mean? Y'all done changed around a little bit. We on our ninth year. Right, yeah. but still, right. y'all didn't have all of the, the, the cameras and interviews going the yeah. way. Yeah, it, did, it didn't hit the same way because yes, it, did. it, it didn't. It didn't. Well, look, really Steve, well, Steve Harvey was able to do a lot of different growing. things and have his morning show. Our first and he had a talk Family, but, right? But that's good. That's what I'm saying. He's right. able to do it. Nick Cannon could do it. Like Nick Cannon is an entertainer. Steve is a comedian. Steve don't even be there. Well, stop hating. No, Steve is a comedian. Stop hating, Slim. Steve is a stop hating. Listen, <laughs> you got a dog, man. You, I don't know I nobody promise. else got a dog. Stop Steve hating, Slim. Steve couldn't host Wildin' Out. No, he couldn't. You're right. Nick Cannon can, can do kids shows Keeping and grown my folks. comments. I think Nick can do whatever he wants to do. Right, I'm just saying, right, does right. Nick have the time to do it all? Is what I, I'm I, saying. I feel like, I feel like okay, on that level, he, he, he kind of like grabs a, a job like every every time. You know what I'm saying? That's all so, I was saying. But you know, you, that might be a motivation. True. You I think he's not going to. I got eight jobs. Now he really not going to. He's going to stay just because I said he wouldn't. So he's going to try to prove me wrong. Well, I'm glad years. that you yeah. know that you, you got that type of effect on the community, Charlemagne. I just sold it. You like, see, I told you, stop playing with <laughs> Now, listen, which one of y'all eat as good as Pastor Wilson? Me? I ain't yeah, see Pastor Wilson, but Pastor I, Wilson. I definitely will put my lips on it. Bro, yeah. I, I, I eat <laughs> so good, I learned how to breathe through my eyes. What? I'm, I'm how serious I am about the game. Explain Let that me to me, Carl. Like a Navy SEAL. In the coach. I'm face first. I bet you do. All my oxygen is through That's the eye socket. So you don't breathe through your nose or nothing? Nah, man. I just want to go to the church. That's it. I want to go I want to go sit in the Pastor Wilson congregation. That, that got to be a great message that he preached. You got to eat. Oh, DC, you trying to convince her that you not to eat? No, I'm trying to see her show me Pastor Williams. I keep yeah, saying Pastor that. Wilson. Pastor Wilson, yeah. Wilson so cold down a lot of places, with eating I'm the pussy. He ate the ass from the front. He did. You see that? He did. He is serious. <laughs> was he at church? No, nah, it was. No. I, it was on. He was on his way to church though, because he still had his church. So who, who the hell recorded it? The girl. Oh, the girl did. The girl. The girl she did. Would you, would you have a problem with this? A cold world we in, man. That set. Pastor Wilson. So yep. now she's wrong. Cause hell she... yeah, bitch, you don't say Pastor Wilson. Pastor Wilson shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you know how many pastors out here fucking and saving lives? For real. Pastor Wilson, one of them. What, what, so what a phone? That's a good way to do it. See, that's how you can tell by some, uh, by some person where they set their phone up. What she set her phone up at? She was holding it. She probably was holding it. She probably had it up under her or something. He it looked like it. he knew it was there. He knew. He yeah. knew. He smiled. You saw yeah. him smile. I'm trying to find this video but again. Do you know what? That probably down. wasn't Damn. the first time that they did that. And, and, you know, that's the thing. When you do stuff like that, you are at the discretion of how you make this person feel with the footage. Right. You mm-hmm. got to always stay in their good graces. Because if you don't, something that you'd have been doing for a long time that had been cool, you make them mad. Now they put it out to the internet. I think yeah. it was scripted. Really? Well, his Pastor family Wilson, says it's not him. His lineup was crispy that day. Did you see that? I ain't paying no attention. He had the great beard lined up perfectly. So you think he wanted the congregation to know for what? church he go to? I don't know, but as soon as I find out, I'm going to donate some money up there. That don't scare y'all when y'all be out here in these streets? Because y'all can't just be sleeping around with these random women. Yeah, it's scary, though, man. You're right. I don't be sleeping. Motherfucker be trying to come up with... You stupid. I don't either. 
Get rich quick scheme, bitch. Be dead. You know what I'm saying? Trying to get your attention in the club. Don't want you to mess with nobody. Doing all this freaky shit. Then get you by yourself. You like what's up, Shawty? She like then give you the bitch. And then Adam would be like, I don't know. I should have did that. You like, oh. Lord have mercy. 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 Lord have so if somebody's out here trying to give you some <laughs> shit, that means that it's just, it's, it, the best it's going to be is average. Nobody gives away good shit. Ain't nobody out there giving away iPods and shit like right. that. They said it. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. All right, we got more at the 85 South Show coming up on the World's Most Dangerous Morning Show, The Breakfast Club. Yes, it's the World's Most Dangerous Morning Show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. We in here with the coldest podcast, the 85 South Show. Oh, so so how do you earn the good stuff, Carlos? Like, I don't he care about stages. your status. Like, I can meet a fine-ass lady at Walmart and be like, you know, you can quit this shit if you want to. But as far as just being on me, I don't trust that. Yeah, yeah, Because it's yeah, not yeah. about me at that point. She was right. going to be with whoever was popping at the club. That's baby. right. Whoever was funny, whoever was rich. I don't, I'm not yeah, even all that. Let's Tupac back up to this. Best, you know man. you could quit if you want to. What yes, quit. So that means you're gonna take care of her? My boss said she spend making a bag what? on her Walmart ass. What's she making? Twelve hundred a month at Walmart? I got that. Hey. Oh, boy, hey. you Go about ahead, to have a, you about to have a DMs full of the produce hey. workers. Hey. Oh well, hello, young man. Hey. I saw that you you a fan, but you tired of waking up early in the morning? Hit me. You want to make this twenty four grand a year? The I got this is my night of Walmart workers. This is my second time on the Breakfast Club. Bitch, get used to something. Don't call me. Introduce you to Charlemagne. Hey. What Tupac said, hate to sound sleazy, but tease me. I don't want it if it's that easy. <laughs> hey, yeah, man. That should always be the mindset. I don't be lying. I don't want it if it's that if you, easy. If you ever ask a girl, like, man, come on, she be like, let go. Mm-mm. Ain't nobody nigga be like, hold up. That sound like a back <laughs> chair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Ain't nobody sat right there and thought about, like, hold up, bitch. You answered that a little too quick. Right. You Even at this age, DC. DC, y'all grown. Easy. Y'all used to pussy now. Y'all ain't got to do yeah, that. Yeah, but the, getting used whoa, to it, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. Used to pussy. It ain't a man on earth that's used to some pussy. Yeah. <laughs> it's different, it. but it's, it's... I mean, used to it in the sense that you don't have to sleep with every woman at all. Yeah, but you got to understand the value of pussy is different. Where's Envy, right? The value of pussy is different. Like, you got to understand pussy will always be more valued than... That's just that's the way it works. Ain't nobody paying for this. That is a Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, women women so vicious with it, they'll go and pay for fake, for dildos and fake when it's a dude that want to them at their job every day. Right. right. A dildo vibe, is safer. I mean. You say what now? A dildo's, I'm sure, safer. I mean, I understand hey, that, but I'm just saying that the shit. value is different. Like, women have something that's a value. So if, she, if a woman comes and is just willing to give something that you know that is used as a bartering tool, right. if you just willing to give it away, it ain't something that you want. You know what right. I mean? I don't want a woman that uses a vibrator. Because they don't even let you they don't even let you take lithium batteries on the airplane. So it can't be healthy for the <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I heard vibrators give women diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so yo, you never use a vibrator on a woman in the bedroom? Well, I got my in my hand. If I'm gonna put another in her hand. <laughs> I wish a nigga would be walking in up with two dicks. Goddamn. <laughs> Safety. I know you won't do And she'll say this one. <laughs>
That is an insult. My if girl say the the, the the fake one. Oh no, nah. ain't nothing wrong with vibrating though. Nothing wrong with it. Oh, oh, you just said that time out, Charlemagne. Oh, you need some contact with that. She said that too confident. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with a vibrator. It's a good tool. You know what I'm saying? For who? Oh, all right. You oh. said that like you like you done did a sample or something. Like you you done did a Costco sample of dildos. You know what? I mean, if it feel like this for me, I know it got to be amazing for y'all. Carla, you said something very smart. You said uh, that you keep the condom on for the first date. Yeah, you got to build up some trust. Okay, so when do you take it off? <laughs> the, probably the third date. By the third so date, you, you trust the condom on the first rock? date? What? The hell, Lowe's? What the f***? <laughs> <laughs> so how you know on the first wild. date you even Not the first date, maybe like the first first time. Okay, okay. he said the first date. Okay. <laughs> 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 and I had the flu for two weeks. Hey, man, I can't get rid I know, you got to chill, Lowe's. I don't want you. You f***ing around, we chilling one day, this beard just start falling out. Like, bro, something wrong with you. You need to be careful, but you are old. Your immune system is not tough. Why you think I wore the condom? Oh, okay. <laughs> for, the, for the third date? Yeah. You can't even catch a cold. Yeah, you can. Okay. Yeah, leave that shit How has fatherhood she changed y'all, though, man? How has fatherhood changed yeah. me? It made me a, a more oh, f***ing person. It's not trees. just about me. It gave me something to, you know, something to, to strive for. To, yeah. To create for my son so he could take over where his daddy left off at. Right. It, it makes me understand and appreciate the lessons that I was given growing up more because I don't have to apply those same lessons to my daughter. Yeah. Because I've improved the lifestyle that we have. Like, when I was growing up, my mother, you know, getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning every day to go to work. And I remember she telling me, like, look, I don't care about what you want. My concern is what you need. That's right. I'm going to make sure you have everything you need. Anything you want is on you. So I started working early, nine years old, as a brush boy, brushing people off for dollars and sweeping up hair at Bluebirds Barbershop in Georgia Avenue in D.C. Shout out. And it's, yeah, for real, shout out everybody. Q, Mr. Pope, all y'all. But I knew the importance of going out and getting it myself. Mm -hmm. But to be a father and my daughter, I don't have to apply that same message to her because that means what I did when I was young. Young, I utilized the messages that was given to me to put myself in a position to be able to provide a better life. Talk your so Chico. That's the best yeah, part. You need to write a book. I am, and I'm gonna get Charlemagne to get the person that took the picture of his skin and put the cover on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what's next for y'all? Because I have to assume that they're yeah, What about your child? Oh, Pretty V was up here, man. Said she's on the floor, and somebody tried to blame it on your daughter. Whoa. Oh, Pretty V said she that. She on B Simone floor. Yeah. Bro, you see her face when you ask her that? Yours. Oh, my look at Yeah. No, you see that? Hell no! Yeah, she was up here, man. Like, Trying to blame her. Ain't nobody told me that. Yeah, about two weeks ago. Ain't nobody check his text. <laughs> she was so missed the text. When you brought that up, she was like, no, nah, we, no. <laughs> she said she was watching your little girl. She was watching your little Well, she said it wasn't her. She said it was Pretty V. Said she's the one that did it. Oh, but still. She, she tried to blame it on your daughter. Right, let my little girl walk around on people's floors. <laughs> that ain't how she trained. She on carpets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the bathroom floor. Yeah. All right, man. 85 South Show. Appreciate Appreciate y'all pulling up again, man. Appreciate y'all. No, oh, oh, we got a new movie too. Y'all got a movie? Me, Nick Cannon, she ball. You did. Called she ball. She ball. She ball. B a l l. Not she ball. Yeah, she ball. Not she ball. Yeah, she ball. When that come out? Uh, hopefully, I think like they're trying to drop it like the beginning of the year. Dope. Yeah, lady. Some shit ain't in. Damn. He ain't looking out there. Who's right? He was like, "What's up, Logan?" 
Hey, DC, let's go shoot this movie. <laughs> bro, Reach right around you. I got the idea for the movie for y'all, but y'all don't got the... Nah, ain't nobody doing that freaky shit, man. I ain't say you had to touch a Man, you doing that freaky shit, man. Stop, Lenard. Come on. That's why his name really Lenard. That's because he probably wake up in the morning listen to all goddamn music. Do he just be in the mirror with his shirt off? Lenard is going to be great today. Freaky ass <laughs> One thing we go, we gonna come up here and just roast his ass. Oh man, you be seeing the moves that he made. Up, Lenard. Lenard. <laughs> Lenard McKay. I remember when the <laughs> didn't want nobody to know his name till Monique uh, said it. Lenard. Lenard. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop it off. I thought the name was Charlotte McKay. Like, Lenard. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte McGay, Angela Lee. <laughs> oh, man. All right. 85 South Show, man. Appreciate right. y'all for All coming. Right. Yeah. Here we go. It's the Breakfast Club. Yep, it's the World's Most Dangerous Morning Show, the Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. It's time for the rumor report. We're about to talk Kanye West. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. So as you know, Kanye West has been doing his Sunday service, and he was at one church in Atlanta at Atlanta's New Birth Missionary Baptist Church with Pastor Jamal Bryant. Now, Pastor Jamal Bryant was okay with Kanye performing at his church, but he doesn't want Kanye to donate money. He says that after he received the donation, he consulted with his congregation, and they decided they did not want to keep the money because of Kanye's support of Trump. They said to say that you unashamedly support Donald Trump, he called the mother continent of Africa a collection of ish whole nations he says i don't align with the statements of kanye west i don't endorse it nor do i subscribe to it and i am not a runaway slave to that end mr west made a significant donation to new birth cathedral but i do not want to be guilty of double speech i met with my team today and the donation that he made to our church i am now redirecting i'm going to be giving that donation he gave to morris brown college uh, i'm not mad at him donating to an hbcu i'm all for that but i think that's foolish logic and the reason i think that's foolish logic is because you're not going to take money from the government, like you're not going to take federal assistance. Like, what if, what if? I don't like, know that like, the churches get government assistance. I'm just saying, but you're like, are you telling people not to take government assistance from this man? Like, what? Like, if, well, like, what? What if they give out reparations? We're not supposed to get rep, take reparations from this government. If you, if that's something that you're fighting for, but the church has every right to say all money's not good money. Yeah, but and especially not go- because I think with church, it's about uh, morals. It's about different things. And if he feels like that's not in alignment with the church, which is private, right? Yeah, it's a what, private institution. But taking 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 money from a man, not taking money from a man because of his political views, but he was okay to perform in the church, but you're not going to take his money? Like, that makes no sense. How did that add up? Well, listen, he consulted with his congregation, and that's what they decided. And all that same con- decision. Most of that congregation came to watch Kanye perform. Like, I mean, like, if, you're, if, you, if you don't want to take his money, why even have him perform in the church? Like, I don't, get, I don't get the logic. I think the church is open to everybody who wants to come and be there, and if they don't want to take money that they feel isn't good money, but you're, then you're, they So, like, let's say a drug dealer wanted to donate a whole lot of money. Do you think the church should accept that? Yes, I do. <laughs> I absolutely do. But once again, they had this man perform in the church. So if the man, if you don't like his political views, why even? have him perform in the church. Listen, they gave that donation to Morris Brown College, which is the HBCU where Kanye's mom was great. a professor. I think that's So they great. thought it was the best way to honor her legacy. I don't think that he's trying to say, as a person, we reject you, Kanye, but because your values and morals with somebody who we don't like and don't support because they said some really negative things about our community, we just don't feel comfortable 
accepting that money. But and you let has, him perform. He has in every the right church. to do that. All right, and congratulations to Mike Posner. He completed his three thousand mile trek across America. He started in Asbury Park, New Jersey, six months ago in April, and he finished in Venice Beach, California, on Friday. So, congratulations to him. It's the end of his journey. So. His goals included leaving each town we go through a little bit better than when we arrived. He was practicing deep listening. He was practicing loving everybody, singing for people. And he said enjoying the journey. He did invite others to join in portions of his journey as well. So that's a big deal. Congratulations. And Summer Walker says that she and London on the track have now split up. She is single. She puts single, LOL. Somehow I always end up with male chauvinists. I'm an alpha female, so I guess when I think for myself, make my own decisions, it's taken as disrespect. That was cute, though. God bless him. He's still a sweet man deep down inside. Now, I haven't heard Summer Walker's project. Does London on the track do a lot of production yes, on Yes, they work together, and she has an amazing project. Are they going to stay uh, doing business? That, that, that could be awkward. All right, now let's talk about Prince. There's a little snippet that has been circulating. You know I love some Prince. So anytime we have an opportunity to hear something from Prince that we haven't heard before, here's a little snippet for you. This is the I Feel For You acoustic. That's right, Prince is the man. Y'all remember when Shaka Khan did this song as well. I'm gonna be that honest with you. Joint. I feel for you. Amazing. I don't think that's Prince. That could be Jay Farrell or some other impressionist. Like, how can we prove that's Prince? Well, his family released it, so his nah, estate. So therefore, I'm sure they know what it is. It's him. He has a lot of unreleased music. He wrote so much music that he would use pseudonyms and actually give people songs because he had so much music to give to the world. And he didn't even want people to know it was him sometimes. Mm. All right, now Van Lathan from TMZ. He's been fired. My guy. After getting into it with uh, one of the fellow personalities at TMZ, Michael Babcock. Why wasn't the fellow personality fired? I have no idea what happened because he declined to comment without speaking to an attorney when they reached out to him from page six and they said the other personality that he got into it with, Michael Babcock, hung up on them and TMZ didn't get back either. That was actually live on TV. You know, the uh, the, the, the guy Michael Babbitt or whatever his name was he was kind of raising his voice at Van. And you know what I'm saying? And I know Van, the, the Van I know, isn't going to allow a white man to raise his voice, or any man for that matter, but especially a white man. So I, I, don't, I don't see what the situation is. I'm just trying to figure out why Van got fired, but Michael Babbitt didn't. Well, he tweeted, I'm okay. Promise you guys, seriously. Van is going to be fine. Van got the Red Pill podcast. Van got a book coming out. Van is going to be A-okay. All That's right, my well, guy. I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Mm-hmm. All right, next up we got Donkey of the Day. Yes, uh, and if you love your grandmother the way I loved my grandmother and still love my grandmother even though she's no longer here, uh, this donkey of the day should absolutely piss you off. We'll talk about it for after the hour. You get donkey of the day, yeah, you dumb ass. You get donkey of the day, yeah, you dumb ass. You are a donkey. It's time for donkey of the day. Donkey of the day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. You have to make the judgment of who was going to be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. It's a breakfast club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Yes. Donkey of the day for Tuesday, October 21st goes to two brothers from upstate New York named Justin and Jared Goss. Uh, Justin is 21 
and Jared is 33, and both of them were indicted last week on second-degree murder charges. See, these two brothers left their grandmother to die. Now, I don't know about y'all, but uh, I love my big mama, and I miss her every day. Rosalie Ford was her name. She trans transitioned in 2006, okay? When I'm home in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, I go sit on her porch and pray and meditate, and I always get the clarity I'm looking for. I was just there Sunday, okay? That's my mother's mother. And the endowment fund that I started at South Carolina State to provide scholarships for young women is in honor of her and my mother because Ford, of course, is my mother's maiden name, my grandmother's last name, okay? The Ford Family Scholarship. I'm saying all that to say I love my grandmother, all right? Grandsons should do any and everything for our grandmothers, okay? That's the woman who raised, you know, one of your parents and your funky ass too, okay? But Justin and Jared clearly don't feel like that. See, Justin and Jared left their 82-year-old grandmother mother to die all right there was a house fire and their grandmother died in the house now two able-bodied men should be able to save their grandmother and before you say no Charlemagne, you don't know what was going on in that house you don't know how bad the fire was grandma may have been trapped somewhere and they couldn't get to her before you jump to any of those dumbass conclusions just know that those two brothers did save some stuff from out of that house they were able to collect some things and clearly those things were more important then Grandma, let's go to WETM, NBC 18 for the report, please. Two brothers are behind bars, and they were charged with second-degree murder after a meth lab fire that killed their 82-year-old grandmother in Riverside. Today, those charges have been changed to manslaughter. Their brothers allegedly saved their meth equipment from the May fire, but left Gladys and Willow inside the home. The Steuben County District Attorney Brooks Baker tells 18 News that after Jared and Justin removed their equipment from the home, they went for cigarettes and did not report the Riverside fire. Both brothers are also facing multiple reckless endangerment charges for every firefighter who responded as well as tampering with evidence. What would Walter White from Breaking Bad do? Look, I, I've, I've never done meth. I've never sold meth. I don't know what the high is like. I don't know what the money is like, but bruh, I just don't think nothing is better than grandma's love. That high can't be better than grandma's love. I don't even know anyone who's done meth. So our producer Daniel looked up this guy named CG kid on YouTube and he's a drug addiction educator. He's done every drug under the sun and he speaks about his past experiences with drugs and this is what he said about meth. For me it made me really crazy. It would be like I'm trying to get my keys to go out and do something and it's four hours later and I've done like a hundred things and I got nothing done and I still haven't got my damn keys. Like I was just it's almost like being super ADHD and like very hyper aware of my surroundings and it also made me very fiendy. I remember always wanting more always wanting more meth. Nothing about what he described just now sounds better than anything grandma provides. In fact, it sounds like the opposite. Uh, grandma should calm you. Right? Even though my grandmother had very bad anxiety, she still had a calming spirit, spirit, okay? And then you think about the sweet potato pies and the stew chicken and gravy with rice over the gravy and some string beans and peach cobblers and hamburgers with no bun, just the wonder white bread, and just the most common sense knowledge and wisdom that a human with that kind of age and life experience can provide. Look, I don't care if she was 82 and probably didn't have many summers left. That's your grandma, okay? You know how much I miss my grandma? I would love to get another day with my grandma because that's absolutely a love I took for granted when I was younger. She used to love Wendy's french fries, and I would love to be able to take her through that Wendy's drive through one more time so she can get some hot fries. The moral of the story is you can get more meth. You can get more meth equipment, but you can't get another grandmother. Now, Justin and Jared are facing second-degree murder charges, and I wish that they got a greater charge because they showed no remorse. They went to buy cigarettes and didn't even report the fire. 
Yes, you heard me right. They went to buy cigarettes and didn't even report the fire. Let me tell you guys something. It's going to come a moment. Uh, Justin and Jared, where you all have a clear head, you're going to be sober, and this is going to haunt you for the rest of your lives. You chose meth and meth equipment over your grandmother. That trauma, uh, the trauma that will cause you, I, I doubt you'll ever hear from. You'll ever heal from, okay? Now, I was going to insult your intelligence and play a game of guess what race it is, but I'm not wasting any of our people's time, okay? Uh, look at the screen. Look at Revolt. And if you don't have Revolt... I don't, I don't want to play the game, Drum. This is obvious. Oh, you want to run it through the computer? All right, well, let's do a little generated game, of, a little computer-generated game of guess what race it is, okay? Uh, upstate New York, Justin and Jarrett went back to save their meth equipment, let their grandmother die in a fire. I need more. Hee-haw, hee-haw. That is way too much Dan mayonnaise. That one, too. Please give this giant jar of mayo the biggest hee-haw. Give me another one. Too much goddamn mayonnaise. There you go. Easy to see what these people are. Okay. Now, Angelie, we got Humble the Poet coming up next. Uh, Yes, Humble the Poet will mm -hmm. be here with us this morning. Yes, so. he's got a new book out called Things You Can't, Un uh, Things you Can't Be Taught. No, Things No One Can Teach You. That's what the name Something of the book like is. That. I was actually about to combine uh, the names of his first book, because his first book was called Unlearn, but his new book is called Things No One Can Teach You. Humble the Poet, he'll be here next. It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. My guy. Humble the Poet. Yes, sir. Welcome back, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Humble, uh, one of my favorite books is Unlearned by Humble the Poet. He dropped another one called Things No One Else Can Teach Us. What are the, what yeah. are the things you believe nobody else can teach us, Humble? I don't think anybody can really teach us <clears throat> what we need to learn from our pain. Mm. Just all the challenging things that we go through. So I think, you know, just different tools to figure it out. Unlearned was like me sharing gems that I picked up along the way. Uh things no one else can teach us it's just me trying to share how i did it just mm -hmm. you know the different tools that we can have to stop judging our life and find value in some of the most horrible moments of our life that feels like when you start going to therapy like when you start going to therapy like it's, it's always easy to be transparent right like you can tell somebody what's going on with you but you can't tell somebody how it makes you feel yeah i think that's the big thing too i think a lot of people think with therapy is like you're going there to fix your problems it's there to help you kind of organize your ideas absolutely uh there's a big idea i heard was you know, people don't have ideas. Ideas have people. Ideas kind of get planted into our heads. And sometimes we think that we're a certain way, but we've never, like, passed one sentence off that idea. You say something like, I want to be rich. And you've never expanded on that. Why you want to be rich? Well, I want some security. I want to be noticed. I want to have nice things. And the deeper you get into it, you start talking about your feelings towards it. And then eventually, after you start talking about your feelings, you can start talking about your thoughts towards those feelings. And then you can actually see if you own these ideas. And I think... That's kind of the important idea behind, you know, taking things a little bit deeper and spending less time judging our situations and more time trying to understand it. And there's some things that you learn, too, as you become more successful, right? Oh, that yeah. you never thought you had to deal with. Like, you talk about spending time with people that you genuinely just appreciate their company. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of people have to learn how to do because, like you said, a lot of times we're thinking about what can this person do for me? And should I meet with this person or is this, oh, quote, waste of my time? Yeah. And that's a hard lesson to learn, too, as we are trying to get ahead and, you know, climb that, quote, ladder yeah. uh, to make sure that we actually stop thinking that 
we a have to only spend time with people that can do something for us and b think that everybody wants something from us too and that's why they want to spend time with us yeah that's a big one in, in the book talk about that i learned that the hard way i lost a friend who i didn't make time for and i think at, at that point i had to ask myself a question like why are you so ambitious like why do you want things to begin with anyways um, I don't think there's anything more important in this life than our relationships with each other, than what we can do with each other. And that was a wake-up call for me, um, especially knowing where my mind was at that time. And now, you know, I can't go the other way and reject success and reject money and reject resources because, you know, that's going to help with this movement for what we're all working towards is bettering each other's life. But I think it's important, especially me. I spend a lot of time in the West Coast, and it is very transactional, you mm-hmm. know, and you see it. You see it amongst your friends. What do you do friends. for a living? <laughs> That's what people ask. What do you do? What are you up to? Mm-hmm. You know, or they start talking to you, and then they look you up on Instagram. They might see the blue check mark, and they treat you different. They might start counting your followers and treating you different. And you got to be mindful of that. You got to catch yourself doing that too. Mm-hmm. That's and, everywhere though. Yeah, I can't just say that's the West Coast. I feel you. I feel you. I feel like the most of the time I've been spending out there, that's just what I've been encountering. I feel out here in New York though. I feel like people are a little bit more. I guess they they speak in straight lines. So mm-hmm. I think. Well, a lot of people move to L.A. because they're screenwriters or they want to be actors yeah. too. And there's a lot of that because people tell you you have to move to Hollywood for yeah. that. So you do get a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, I just signed with an agent. I'm moving out there too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Tell, tell that story though, because I thought that was such a sad story. The person you kept brushing off. Yeah, the the, the homeboy. Um, his name, you know, his nickname is Boomerang, and. Uh, we used to make music in the beginning, and then when I got full-time and serious into music, you know, most of the people I was making music with, they were all doing it part-time as a hobby. And what ended up happening was, as I started, you know, when I really needed to start making money and paying my bills, I really started taking a little audit of my life. And at the beginning, I was like, yo, I got to get away from all these, you know, these friends that ain't doing nothing, that have no ambition, that are lazy, that are just waiting to get get discovered. And then the next level was, I was like, oh, man, I don't even have time for my, like, friends that are good energy, good vibes, if they don't have the same ambitions as me. I couldn't really relate to people who had nine to five jobs no more. I really couldn't connect with people who didn't understand what I was doing because I left my nine to five to work 24 mm-hmm. seven. And uh, Boomerang was one of these people and he kept calling me, hitting me up, being like, yo, let's hang out, let's hang out. And he wasn't Always even too far. Always supporting you too. Always, Always supporting you. me, showing up to the shows uh, without a direct, you know, even, even if I didn't like call him and invite him out to a show and I'm doing small shows with like 40, 50 people and he's still showing up to everything. And then finally, uh, I, I, I made time to go see him. And the entire time we hung out, he just wanted to hear stories. He just wanted, he had some gifts for me. He just wanted to, you know, see his homie do well. He appreciated you for he, you. He really, really did appreciate yeah. me. And then what happened was in 2017, I had, a, I had a really big music video come out. And it did really well. It's probably my first music video that ever passed a million views. And he hit me up being like, congratulations, so dope. Yo, let me know when you're back in town. Let's connect. And uh, I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll hit you up. I'll be back in a couple of days. And then I did come back in a couple of days, but I didn't hit him up. And then a month later, uh, he fell into a coma. And then a few weeks later, he passed away. Damn. And um, I have no one else to blame but myself and, like, not fostering that relationship. He was nothing but wonderful to me. And the lesson you learned from that was what you was talking about earlier. Yeah, you know, nothing's more important than your relationships. Don't, don't, you know, you can get all the money in the world, but then what are you going to do with it? You know, you can have all the fame in the world, you know, what are you going to do with it? It gets super lonely in, in this game. And I realized that, you know, now my motivation is to, you know, use whatever success and resources I have to foster my relationships and, and make things better for the people around me, not just myself. And also the fact that everything is temporary. You don't know the last time you see somebody is going to be the last time you see somebody. And, you know, appreciate them. And I'm not telling people to be super doomsday and think that every single moment might be their last. But 
You know, it is liberating to think that things can come to an end, so enjoy it while you have it. Most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club, Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. We got my man Humble the Poet in here. He's got a new book out called Things No One Can Teach Us. Now, Humble, you made a, a statement, we gain more from letting go. Yeah. Can you emphasize on that? Um, realizing that, you know, most of the time, our biggest, you know, obstacles and our biggest opposition is ourselves, you know. We have a lot of old expectations. We have a lot of old beliefs that weigh us down, and especially if they no longer apply to the life that we're living. And sometimes we got to let that go. We have to give ourselves permission to let it go and tell ourselves, look, this mattered to me maybe five years ago. It doesn't matter to me no more. I have to evolve as a person. And, you know, we'll unlearn. That's what that was. That was the sandpaper to kind of take off all that old stuff so we can make room for new things. When you say let it go... Expand on that a little bit because you know if I, if I have a problem with you, it's easy to let it go. Yeah, but I still don't f with you. Yeah, I mean I don't see nothing wrong you know with I mean? that. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not harping on what it is. I yeah. just I just don't mess with you. I think even that I think sometimes you know you know if you did me dirty and I'm holding resentment towards you and every time somebody brings up your name, I start to slander you, what have you. I'm just I'm just adding toxicness to myself. But I mean, if I just say a f then. I, I think that quick. so. I think, yo, your your thoughts are your life, man. That's, that, those that are the paintbrush for your life. But, That's why I be like God. I be like God bless him. I'm like God bless him. Now, I don't say God bless him. I'm, I'm gonna tell you the truth, <laughs> and, the, and the reason I do is because situation. Let's say Charlemagne got you for for thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. I want to make sure he doesn't get anybody else for thirty thousand. Yeah. Because it might have affected your life in a way where yeah. you couldn't come back from it. Yeah. So I don't necessarily want you to get that same to have that same pain. So I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell her. I'm gonna tell another Jesus, person. What the, did you just get a text about somebody still scamming people in seminars or something? That just came out of nowhere. No, no, I feel you on that. I mean, I, I, I don't get back. Like you know, if, if you know, just like if somebody does somebody dirty and I mm-hmm. know about it, I'd rather tell people because I would hate for that to, to happen to somebody else and me yeah. see it and me feel like I seen it on my watch. But it, is also how you, it is also how mm-hmm. you view it. I don't think that's you being yeah. toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, look, when I was younger, right, I got scammed out of $8,000. Yeah. And that was when that was like all the money I had in the world. Yeah. You know, I was trying to buy a car and this guy was like a fake whatever that yeah. my brother introduced me to. And I don't hold resentment about that. I actually look at it like, well, it's really his loss now because... I'm doing so much better in life. Like back then, $8,000 was like, damn, I don't know what I'm going to do. But then you get to a point where you're like, well, look at how well I'm doing and he's not doing well at all. So it's kind of like, I definitely have let that go because it was a life lesson for me that I'm like, well, I learned a lot. That's $8,000 in tuition. Mm-hmm. You know, intuition and life. Right, and that's I think that's you- a look at it. Yeah, I have a chapter in the book about getting mm-hmm. scammed for a thousand books when I was like 17, getting a little fender bender. Um, you know, and back to what you said, I think definitely warning people what's going on. I think always when you take a deeper look into mm-hmm. these situations, mm-hmm. most of the time, I think with me specifically, the people that ended up doing me wrong, most of the time it wasn't conniving people who were like, you know, career scammers. It was just people who didn't <laughs> have tools how to communicate. So when things hit the fan, and they could have had an adult conversation with me. They ran. Right. And in the beginning, I did try to tell everybody and everybody. And everybody, you started to realize how little they cared. Right. They started calling you a hater because they're not in that situation. Yeah. Or they're like, all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. You know, say whatever. To, you know, and at that point, it was like, all right, cool. I got to be mindful of what I'm putting out there. And you definitely want to help uh, prepare other people. Be like, look, you know, they're going to be on their journey. And mm-hmm. I got to help them that way. And at the end of the day, there are people even now, you know, there's a, there's a homie that, you know, he got real drunk one day and started writing the most foul stuff to me in, in, in an email. And then I ran into him two years later and he gave me a big hug. And, you know, he showed up to my birthday party. He wasn't even invited. Mm-hmm. Gave me a big hug. And the next day messaged me with a huge apology for it. And I just said, look, man, I hope things are better for you. No hard feelings. But, like, 
stay over there. Right. Like, Some people you just can't trust to yeah. let them back into your space either because yeah. you learn from that. Yeah. You're like, I can't trust this person to be in my space, so they can't be, but I've moved on from yeah. it. And especially going back to Boomerang, like I didn't have enough time for people that I wanted to be in my space. Mm-hmm. Let alone people, you know, even with one strike. And it, and it ain't no hate to them. They're going to figure out their own stuff. But we got to protect our peace. What do you mean in Chapter 14? You say try to relate to the bad guys in your story. Yeah, I mean, going back to the story as well, is just realizing that, you know, I didn't realize how fortunate I was to grow up in a good family where, you know, I always just looked at the petty things or, or, or the simple things my parents didn't have the tools to deal with. But one of the things in my house was always like, people come over, you know, you treat them well. You treat your guests well. O- always make sure we have an open bed for people. It's open door policy. And I thought everybody was like Mm-mm. that. You know, and I thought everybody we treated well was going to treat us well in return. Mm-hmm. And people did take advantage of that. And then you start looking at these people's family dynamics. And you're like, oh, okay, this is this has been a generational thing. These people have never been given the tools. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, that's what it really boils down to. It's just not having the tools. And, you know, the goal is to pass down what we weren't taught. You know, it's not simply, you know, as Uncle Phil says, you know, we couldn't give our kids what we didn't have. Um, sometimes we forget to give them what we did. But it's also like, you know, if my parents couldn't teach me, whether it's, you know, focusing on long-term investing, uh, finding ways to communicate without using violence, um, you know, finding ways to, to write down my ideas, you, the use of therapy or what have you, that's the stuff we got to pass down. And I feel like when you start doing that, you start to realize a lot of these bad guys are, are victims of a cycle themselves. And again, it doesn't mean you got to give them a big hug and say, I forgive you. You just got to be like, all right, I don't I don't have hate for you. It's unfortunate that you're in that situation and you make decisions that aren't sustainable, like like, like the dude that tried to scam you. That doesn't last. Right. In the long run, it never lasts. And you just be like, all right, just stay over there. I understand why you're like that, and I'm going to try to break that pattern in my own family. You also say, we don't own a crystal ball, so stop assuming the future. Yes. that's a, That was a big one for me, man. I, I had real big issues with timing, things that I knew what the future was going to be like. So A lot of these kids need to hear this. Yeah, so if you're like, all right, something I wanted didn't happen. Everybody in their life has a story where things turned out, you know, they didn't get the outcome they wanted, but then in the long run, after a couple of months, it was better than you thought. And then other, and everybody else also has a story in your life where things happen exactly like you wanted mm-hmm. it, so and, you then, and it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, you got to recognize that we don't have a crystal ball. We can't see into the future. We don't know how this plays out. I can, you know, walk outside, win, win the Powerball, win a bunch of money, and that could be the end of my family. That could be the end of, uh, you know, my happiness. And I, or I can go outside and get banned from the breakfast club, and that could be the best thing that ever happened to me because it lights a fire under my butt to work harder. Why are we banning you from the breakfast I'm, club? I'm just, I'm just talking about a worst-case <laughs> scenario. I love coming up here, man. You guys are so dope. So just in, in general, just realizing that there, there is no good, there is no bad. It's, it's what we make of it. And, you know, let's not rush to judgment. The, the overall idea for here is, Spend more time understanding and less time judging. I've always said that. I've always said I don't believe in good or bad. I just believe things are. It's yeah. just all part of a one long process. It is. And and sometimes you got to zoom in. You know, I got, a, I got a whole section in this book called Zoom In. Look at the details of the stuff and you realize, okay, this isn't just simply good or bad. There's some good things to it. There's some, there's some less than inspiring things to it. And sometimes you got to zoom out and look at the bigger picture. Um, you know, I think even now, like from a hip-hop standpoint, like if you went and saw... Uh, you know, an old Jay-Z video and, and you judged it for what it was and then you zoomed out and you're like, well, this is what helped create J. Cole. You know, or you look at a Dr. Dre video like, this is what helped create space for Kendrick Lamar. Then you see the culture from a, from a bigger perspective and you're like, alright, cool. Let's stop judging things in isolation in their own silos. There's just some important stuff happening here.
Well, give me your Twitter and right. Instagram. Humble, humble the poet, ladies and gentlemen. I humble the poet. I humble the poet everywhere you find me: Instagram, Twitter, um, making stuff on YouTube still, and and the books available everywhere: Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Right. Uh, we got like four different covers already. It's dropping worldwide. It's we're going international. It's, it's been it's been it, really it, dope. It's out now. Things no one else can teach us. It's out now. October fifteenth, okay. it dropped. Grab one, learn too, though. Grab one, learn and grab things no one else can teach us. My man, humble the poet. Y'all really gonna appreciate this man in the future. That's right. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate Thank you. Thank you so much for having me as always. All right, it's the Breakfast Club. It's humble the poet. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Yeah. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So Lamar Odom did his Uncensored for TV one, and they've put out a clip because that episode will air on Sunday. And the clip they put out is him talking about the first time he ever did cocaine. Um, my first time doing cocaine, I think it was that, yeah, that summer after the Olympics when I tried it. And I just wish I never would that shit ever. That shit was like, that unleashed the demon. It's that, like, it was orgasmic the first time I ever did cocaine. Well, I guess that was the uh, gateway for him to actually becoming an addict. That was unfortunate. Hey, he not lying, man. I smoked cocaine once in a blunt with some marijuana, and, I mean, cocaine is a great high. If I was younger, I probably would do it again on accident. All right, now, HBO Max has ordered a Crazy Rich Asians-inspired docuseries called The Hose. That is the whole family who have built a multi-million dollar empire, and it's about over-the-top lives of the real-life multi-generational whole family. There's going to be eight 30-minute episodes, and should be interesting to see their lavish Houston lifestyle and the tight family connections that unite them. Uh, I'm there for that. I would definitely watch that. Yeah, I enjoy he, Crazy Rich Asians. I, w- I wonder if the women in that family um, you know, uh, are purposely not promiscuous because they don't want to live up to their last name. Well, Ho is a very popular last name in Asian culture. So, mm. All right, now, Joker looks like it's going to break the uh, record for R-rated films worldwide. It's on its way to $900 million, which potentially means it could be the highest in global ticket sales ever. So congratulations to them. I still haven't seen the Joker, man. Everybody keep talking to me about for it. For doing that. I actually went to go see Joker. So did uh, DJ Envy at a screening that they had. And, you know, I don't even watch stuff like that. Normally it's a DC movie, but it was great. And I think a lot of people can understand how something like this, if you're acting in a movie like that, it can be very dark for you and hard to get out of that role. All right, Kevin Durant, he was going back and forth with Serge Ibaka on why he feels like the Warriors would have beaten the Raptors on how hungry are you. Here's how the conversation went. If you didn't go down, you guys would be the uh, Sure. We was like a fire. Nobody could stop us. I could. I was like sub-zero. Oh, sir. We, may, we, may get, we may go to game seven. But the way we was, we was balling, that confidence, that we was Let's gone. put it like this. If y'all go into a game seven with a two-champ champ, y'all not winning that game. Those hypothetical conversations in sports really mean nothing. Uh, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, so I've been having hypothetical conversations like that for 20 years. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Like, it, it, it really doesn't matter, but Kevin Durant is right. <laughs> they would have beaten the Toronto Raptors if he was uh, healthy. 
I think so anyway. All right. Now, if you order clothing from the Marathon Clothing Store, they put out a notice. They have 13,000 orders left to ship. They, they did thank everybody for ordering. They said the people supported Nipsey's vision, admired his business savvy, and more than anything, respected his demonstration. Demonstration speaks louder than words. And as children growing up, that's the only thing we respected. The people have demonstrated what Nipsey meant to them around the world. So they want people to just be patient as they are fulfilling all of those orders. That's a lot. 13,000 orders. It's an extreme amount. So they had to scale up production, find a much larger warehouse to ship product from. So they said some items are taking two to three months to be ready, so just be patient. I mean, I think it's a beautiful thing because at least Nipsey's family will make money off merchandise. I mean, I, I don't see why not for the rest of, 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 of their lives. Because, I mean, Nipsey is an iconic figure at this point. He's a martyr. All right, and Miley Cyrus, she's had to respond to some LGBTQ backlash after some things that she had to say about her previous relationship with Liam Hemsworth. Here's what she said on an Instagram Live video that has everybody in an uproar. There are good men out there, guys. Don't give up. You don't have to be gay. There are good people with d***s out there. You just got to find them. You got to find a d*** that's not a d***, you know what I mean? <laughs> you don't have to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always thought I had to be gay because I just thought, like... All guys were evil, but it's not true. Now, she responded to the backlash from that, saying, I was talking-ish about sucky guys, but let me be clear. You don't choose your sexuality. You are born as you are. It has always been my priority to protect the LGBTQ community I am a part of. Happy Monday. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. That's right. Now, coming up next, we have the People's Choice Mix. I, I hate even saying that. I know you can hear the hesitation in my voice because don't none of, you, none of the people get to choose the music. All right, DJ Envy has left yet another mix uh, to play while he's on vacation, and we'll get that on for you. Um, hopefully a song you want want to hear is in the mix. Peace to Revolt. People's Choice Mix is up next. The world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy is on vacation. Um, salute to the 85 South Show for pulling up. Chico Bean, Carlos Miller, DC Young Fly. I have been uh, supporters of those young men since the beginning. Those brothers are super talented, and I just cannot see, cannot wait to see what the future continues to hold for them. Plus, I love the fact that they control their own destiny, man. They're not tied to no corporation, no nothing. They're just out there doing their own thing, building a cult-like following, and you love to see it. And salute to my guy, Humble the Poet, man. Uh, he's got a new book out called Things No One Can Teach Us. If you've never read anything by Humble the Poet, you can start with his first book, Unlearn, and then transition to Things No One Can Teach Us. But he has a brilliant, brilliant mind. Yes, thanks again to 85 South. So they actually came to Lip Service Live yesterday and had a great time with us. And our tour is continuing on Sunday in Charlotte and then on Monday in Atlanta. So make sure y'all come check us out. You can click that link to buy some tickets on my page. So good time. I think everybody's having a great time on the tour. So I appreciate everyone who's coming out and showing solidarity and support and just having fun with us. Yes, indeed. Now, when we come back, I got the positive note. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. What's up? It's The Breakfast Club, and it's time for your positive note. Yes, man. The positive note is simply this, man. This is for everybody that needs a change, man. Always understand that change is painful, but nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? 